Hey everyone, this is the Written by Lauren podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and today we are reading chapters 11 through 13 from my series, In Her Name. If you haven't heard the first four installments of this series, make sure to listen to those before listening to this week's episode. Chapter 11. What happens next? Frank stared at the lifeless body of his mother lying on the cold, hard basement floor, her eyes still open, her head crushed in on one side where the bat had made contact. Frank is calm. He must think this through. What is his next step? He has to be smart about this if... No. To ensure he gets away and no one finds out about this. He sets the bat down. Where does he dispose of Georgia? How will he get the blood out of the floor? He paces, racking his brain. He had done this all wrong. Next time he would need to... Wait. Was he thinking about doing this again? Killing? Again? He had felt very powerful. He had been in control for the first time ever, and he craved it again. Frank shakes the thought out of his head. At this moment, he needed to focus on what he was doing now. He stops. He had remembered something. Ness. He had told her to leave town, but would she? Or would she go to the police? He curses under his breath. He had to make sure she was leaving. Frank ran upstairs and grabbed his mother's car keys. He drove slowly through town making sure to drive by the police station on his way to the motel that Ness stayed at. If she had gone there, he wouldn't have time to clean up the mess at home. He would just have to leave town. Ness's bike wasn't at the police station, and he could see through the window that the officer on duty was lounged back in his chair. His feet were on the desk, and he was none the wiser as to what was going on in his town that night. Frank slows down when he reaches the motel. He parks on the side of the road across from the building. The pink bike was abandoned near the door to the room. The light is on and there is movement on the inside. Frank watches, waiting for her to exit. He doesn't have to wait much longer because just then, the door opens and out walks Ness. She is still so beautiful. Even with the panic in her eyes as she quickly scans the parking lot, looking for any sign of life, Frank wishes he could kiss her, to erase the slight tremble on her lips. Ness must feel that the coast is clear. She crosses the parking lot to a car, leaving the bike right where it was. She lifts the door handle. It's open. She tosses her bag in the back seat and slides in, but not before checking her surroundings once more. Frank had wondered how she was going to leave town. The bike wouldn't be practical, he knew that. He wondered whose car that was. Did Ness know how to hotwire a car? His question was answered when the car suddenly sputtered to life. Frank was impressed. They would have made a great team had she not walked in on him and his mother. Ness backs up the car and drives out of the parking lot. She hadn't stopped to make sure no cars are coming before she turns right. Frank watches until he can no longer make out the taillights of her car. He stays there still after he can't see any sign of the car. He hated seeing the panic on her face when she saw him in the basement, even more so the horror when he stood in front of her, not allowing her to leave. She had been scared of him, and it had pained him to see. He risked getting caught that night by letting her go. She had left town, and she had left Frank. Frank got out of his car and jogged over to the pink bike, picking it up and rushing back to the car, He put it in the back and headed home. He had a lot of cleaning up to do, and he still had a lot to figure out. Would he leave town? Eventually, yes, of course. He couldn't stay, but he had to make sure no one found out about his mother. He was glad that Ness had only seen his mother tied up and not seen him kill her, although she had seen what he had been doing to his mother. Torturing her. Frank goes inside his home. He grabs trash bags and cleaning supplies and heads down to the basement. He looks at the mess. He lets out a heavy sigh and sets his supplies down. He looks around and grabs a suitcase, opens it, and lines it with trash bags. He 
goes over to the body and picks it up. Placing it inside the suitcase, he begins cleaning up the blood. He scrubs at it, throwing away soiled items into the suitcase. Frank cleans until the sun rises to the small window. His body aches from bending over and being on his hands and knees all night. He stands and arches his back, popping it and any other bones that will comply. The blood stain is still there. He would need to paint the floor. It would be the easiest way to cover it up, and no one would want to strip the paint off the floor. They would just paint over it or cover it with another type of flooring, he thought. Frank runs his hands through his hair, thinking. He needed a shower and had to pick up the paint. He couldn't leave with the dried blood all over him. He took off his clothes. All of them. He placed everything in the suitcase. He wondered if it would close. It would be awfully heavy to transport up the stairs. He would deal with that later. He turned the shower water to the hottest setting and stepped in. He stood under the shower head as the water pelted down on him for a while, letting the steaming water relax his aching muscles. He scrubbed his fingernails and his hands, being sure to get any trace of his mother off of him. Once out of the shower, he dried off and put on a simple outfit. He left the house and headed to the store to grab some paint when his stomach growled angrily. He hadn't eaten in hours, and if he was going to finish cleaning the basement, he would need to have some food to fuel his body. He stopped at the diner and grabbed a bite to eat. He strained his ears for any talk of questionable behavior from last night. It seemed no one was aware of the eventful night that Frank had. That made him smile as he sipped his tea. Finally, he walked into the store and headed back to the paint aisle. He filled his arms with everything he needed and walked up to the counter, emptying them in front of Donna, the cashier. Donna looked at everything on the counter, and then at Frank. She started ringing everything up. What are you painting? she asked. Frank looked at her. He smiled charmingly. Just thought I'd freshen up the house a bit with a fresh coat. He hadn't answered her question, but she returned the smile, not really caring. Frank paid for the items and left, walking backwards out of the store. Have a nice day, Donna. He whistled loudly as he headed to the car. Back at home, he lugged the suitcase up the stairs and through the house. He placed the suitcase in the trunk of the car before sweeping and moving things out from the basement in order to paint. This project took him all morning and into the late afternoon. He would stay out of the basement until it was dry. He was getting a little lightheaded from the fumes. Luckily, he had remembered to open the little window to let some fresh air in while it dried. While the basement dried, he needed to think of how to dispose of the body. He wondered if they had a shovel. He could dig a hole out in the woods on the edge of town and dispose of it. He thought that would be a good idea. Just as he decided on that, there was a knock on the door. His head whipped around towards the door. Who the hell could that be? He never received visitors. They knocked again. Frank walked to the door and opened it. Standing on his porch was a police officer. He knew this officer. It was Officer Henderson. He was nice enough. Frank hadn't had much interaction with the police in town. No one did, really. It was a quiet town and nothing really happened to involve them. Henderson spoke first. Frank, how are you? Frank responded, putting on a confused act. I'm fine, officer. How can I help you? Oh, I was just wondering if you had seen Ness around today. This must be about the stolen car. He would be fine. He would tell the truth. Well, a version of the truth, of course. No, not today. Why? Something happened? His last question had a convincingly concerned tone. He stepped out of his house and closed the door. He would need to be convincing. The whole town knew how much time Frank and Ness spent together. The officer shifts his weight. Well, a car was reported stolen at the motel she stayed at, and she seems to be missing from her hotel room. All her stuff is gone. Frank nods a little. The officer studies his face and actions. Well, I knew she was planning on leaving town soon, but she hadn't told me when. 
He sighs and looks off towards the road. You know, I kind of thought she might ask me to go with her. Frank looks at Officer Henderson and he responds. Is that right, Frank? Frank nods. Well, maybe it was more wishful thinking, which is probably why she didn't tell me she was leaving. She acted like nothing was changing when I saw her yesterday. He shakes his head and looks down, kicking a small rock with his shoe. Frank looks up at Officer Henderson. He nods. I see. Well, if you do have any information that would help us locate her, don't hesitate to stop by the station. Frank responds as he opens the door. Of course, officer. Have a nice day. Before the door could close, Officer Henderson stops it. Frank looks at him. By the way, Frank, are you painting? Frank chuckles. Oh, yeah. My mom wanted a fresh coat, so I told her I'd do it for her. You know, bring some life back into this old house. Officer Henderson nods. How is your mother doing? Could I speak with her? I haven't seen her around much lately. Frank shakes his head. She hasn't been feeling so good, so I've been running errands for her, but she isn't up for visitors at the moment. So another time, maybe? Frank hopes that this will be an acceptable excuse for the officer. It must be because he sighs. I see. Well, when she's feeling better, tell her to swing by and come talk to me. Frank watches the officer. Was his mother sleeping with Officer Henderson? Disgusting, his mother was. She must have been keeping that a good secret as he had no idea. He smiles politely, suppressing the fire raging inside of him. I'll be sure to let her know you'd like to see her. He closes the door and Frank watches as Officer Henderson gets in his car and drives away. He had to get rid of the body tonight. He couldn't risk being seen by anyone lugging a heavy suitcase into the woods, or Officer Henderson coming back to the house looking for Georgia. Frank spent the rest of his day packing up some of the things he would need. He also packed up some of Georgia's things. He wanted to make it look like they had left town together. That way, no one would hopefully come looking for them. Frank didn't think anyone would care that they had left town. Maybe they would think Frank left to go find Ness. But he didn't care why they thought he left. Just that they did indeed believe that he and his mother had left. Later that night, when the town was sleeping, Frank put the last box of items inside the car. He grabbed a shovel and backed out of the driveway, heading out of town. He turned down a dirt road and pulled over, turning the car lights off in case for some reason someone was driving past. He couldn't risk anyone seeing the car and pulling over to investigate. He dragged the suitcase deep into the woods and found a spot that he thought would be a nice resting place, out of plain sight where he believed no one would ever find the body. The ground was easy to dig into. Finally, the hole was deep enough. He tipped the suitcase into the hole and covered it, making it look as if no one had ever been there. He headed back to the car. He was tired. He hadn't slept in almost 40 hours, but he couldn't slow down now. He had to get far enough away that he felt safe. He turned the car around and headed back down the dirt road, turning right when he reached the main road as he left the small town far, far away. He would never return. There was nothing left for him there. Frank didn't know how long he had been driving, but the sun was up and he had just hit another small town. This one felt far enough away that he could stop and grab a bite to eat and fill up the car. Once back in his car, he felt the full extent of how tired he really was. He had to stop at the motel in town to get some sleep if he wanted to keep going. He drove the short distance to the motel up the road and headed inside the reception area. A young woman greeted him, smiling. Hi. Welcome in. Just one room? Frank nodded. Yes, please. He smiled at her. He didn't want her to ask too many questions, so he used his energy to act as if he wasn't about to pass out. Perfect. She gets out a guest book and starts writing. Can I please get your name for the room? Frank pulls out his wallet. Yeah, it's Franklin. Chapter 12 
the odd encounter. Ember felt a sick unease as the door to the classroom closed and she was alone with Professor Fickle. Fickle's lips form a sly smile. Ember had never seen him look so... scary? Evil? Why did he look like he was up to something and Amber had just walked into something she wouldn't be able to get out of? Amber stood, frozen in her spot just inside. Fickle stood up. Amber. He spoke her name. She didn't know why, but she did not like the way he said her name. She had to say something. She couldn't just stand there. Professor Fickle. Where is everyone? Fickle looks around, taking a step towards Amber. Class was canceled. Didn't you get the email? His tone was back to how she remembered. His smile one that she had seen on many occasions. She shoved the other thoughts out of her head. Lily had worked up her imagination. Fickle was his usual self. She must have imagined the other stuff, or she just caught him off guard. He wasn't expecting anyone to barge into his classroom. That's why she had thought he was acting weird. She calmed. She laughed a little. Oh, well, that explains the empty room. Fickle nods. He sits on top of one of the desks, watching Amber. Okay, maybe she was still a little creeped out by his behavior. She wasn't imagining everything. Fickle was acting strange. Why was he just staring at her? She finds her feet and steps back. Well, I'll see you next week, then. She reached for the door when Professor Fickle finally spoke. How's your mother? Amber stops dead in her tracks. What was that supposed to mean? How was her mother? She had never talked about her mother in class. Lily had said that he had been listening to their conversation in the library. And maybe she was right. He had heard, but still... His questions seemed rather bold. Amber turns around, looks at Fickle, leaned back on the table, a curious look on his face. What do you mean? She didn't want him to think she knew about the library, or that there was indeed something amiss at home. Fickle sits up before responding. While you're writing, it's about her, isn't it? Amber again thought this to be a very bold statement. Her writing wasn't about her mother. It was about her. How she felt because of things that had happened to her throughout her life. And her mother was behind a lot of that, yes, but that's why she loved writing. She could express how she was feeling and how she dealt with things. Amber shakes her head. No, it's not about her. Fickle toys with this answer. He wasn't expecting it. He rubs his mouth with his hand, squeezing his chin. But if not for her, you wouldn't write about what you do. Amber isn't comfortable talking to him about this especially with how aggressive he feels towards her in this moment. I should go. Amber pulls the door open and walks out, hurriedly pulling out her phone and calling Lily. She doesn't look back as she rushes out of the empty hall, but if she had, she would have seen Professor Fickle watching her from the classroom, his eyes showing how disgusted he was that Amber was obviously not sharing his mutual hatred for abusive parents. Lily ditched the rest of her class and took Amber back to her parents' house. Amber didn't feel comfortable staying at her own after all that had happened. Even as she was being paranoid about her odd encounter with Professor Pickle, she just wanted the safety of her friend for the night. The girls stayed in Lily's room for most of the evening, trying to take their minds off the weird things that had been going on lately. They had chatted briefly about what happened between Amber and Fickle, but Amber insisted she didn't want to even think about it anymore that night. She would have succeeded as Lily wanted to respect her wishes, had she not got a phone call a couple hours later. When Amber's phone rang, Lily grabbed the remote and turned the TV volume down. Amber grabbed her phone and looked at the number. I don't recognize this number. She looks at Lily. Answer it anyway. Lily sits up. Amber answers the phone with a polite hello. She looks at Lily and mouths. It's Detective Larson. Lily whispers loudly back. Put it on speaker. Amber pulls the phone from her ear and places it on speaker so both girls can listen. Detective Larson's voice is heard. Amber, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. 
Is something wrong? Detective Larson gets right at the point. Are you home? No, I'm actually with my friend. Lily, the one that came with me to the station. Good, good. I uh, want you to stay there and I'm going to need you to come into the station tomorrow. Answer a few questions. Amber looks at Lily. She is very confused and wishes Detective Larson will let her know what's going on. Okay, but what's going on? Why do you want me to stay here? I have reason to believe that you're being followed. And I don't think staying at your home is the safest place for you at the moment. Amber's heart sinks as chills run through her body. Followed? By who? Detective Larson hesitates, which makes Amber even more anxious. Detective Larson, who is following me? Larson sighs on the other side of the phone. Do you know a Franklin Fickle? Amber's mouth drops as Lily covers hers, her eyes wide and panicked. Chapter 13 The Visitor Detective Larson sits in a driveway near Amber's house. She had borrowed a car from the station. She wanted to make sure her car wasn't being recognized by a possible culprit, if they were coming back to a possible scene of the crime that was Amber's house. According to Amber's schedule, she wouldn't be home anytime soon, but if she was being followed, and the intruder wasn't just a random thing, they would probably know that. Just as a precaution, Larson wanted to be around if something else happened at the Hill residence. She didn't want or need Amber to become a missing person as well. It seemed unlikely, as the missing people around these parts had been middle-aged women. She had to admit, there was something strange going on, and if she wanted to solve this case, she would need to work overtime. Two hours later, the same car she had seen the other night, and from the station when Amber had reported her mother missing, drove past her. It stopped near Amber's house, close enough for them to still see Amber's house, but far enough away that no one would think twice when looking outside any windows at the house. Larson doesn't take her eyes off the car waiting for someone to exit the vehicle. She wrote down the license plate again without taking her eyes off the car. She didn't want to miss a thing. A little later, and still no one had exited the car, Larson's watch begins to beep. Emma Amber should be arriving home soon. She turns it off. Another hour and the car starts up and leaves. Larson looks up the license plate in the database. A strange name pops up that she doesn't recognize. Franklin Fickle? Larson headed back to the office to do a little more digging on this Franklin Fickle fellow to see what she could find out. Once back at the office, she does a few searches. Nothing so much as a traffic ticket pops up. The guy was squeaky clean. What does pop up on a Google search is the fact that he is a professor of writing at the college. He has some books published, and most people speak highly of him. So then why was he hanging around Amber's house twice that he knew of? And why was he near the station when Amber was here? Was this a coincidence? Or was it something more sinister? She had to find out. She would need to question him, but she needed to warn Amber that her home wasn't safe for the time being. She would need to make sure she was safe before possibly stirring up something big. The next day, Fickle stayed home. He wasn't feeling up to seeing his students' faces. He was upset with how things were unfolding. He would need to kill Betty, and he would need to do it soon. It was too risky keeping her around when there were people out looking for her. Plus, he could possibly be connected to her being missing. Just because he knew Amber... And he knew Amber's friend Lily was at least unnerved by him. It was stupid of him to confront the girl in the library. And she had told Amber. He knew she had told her when Amber had acted the way she did in his classroom. She was nervous being alone in the room with him. It made her uncomfortable. Of course that's why he cancelled class, singling her out when he sent the email. He had needed to see how she reacted. He needed to know if she believed her little friend. It seems she did. He would need to back off. He was getting too involved and he didn't need to. He would kill Betty in the next few days and be done with it. It would never be traced back to him, and he could move on, and of course, no one would find out. Good. He had decided on a plan of action. Just as he was starting to feel more comfortable, he heard a knock on his door. 
No one knocked on his door. His head jerks towards the front door. He stared at it. Was he imagining things? Surely he hadn't heard a, there it was again. Someone was knocking and calling out his name. He quickly but quietly rushed to the door. Looking at the peephole, it was a woman in a suit. Mr. Fickle, I'm Detective Larson. I'd like to ask you a few questions if you don't mind. Fuck. What was the detective doing here? Alright everyone, that's it for today's episode. Come back next week for another installment of In Her Name. In the meantime, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Instagram at Written by Lauren Podcast. Don't forget to leave me a review if you can. Thank you guys for listening and I hope you're enjoying the series so far. I'll see you guys next week.